Welcome to Design This, Beyond the Die Line. My guest today is a designer and small business owner from Southern Minnesota. For the last couple of years, he's led apparel design for the Tommy Chong brand. Let's welcome Jacob the Fox Schlichter to Design This. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, thanks for having me. So my first question has got to be the obvious one. How'd you get the nickname The Fox? Okay, so that's a funny one. People always think like the fox is like my favorite animal. It's something way more sillier than that. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Super Smash Bros, but the character I main is Fox. And I have to admit, I'm not too good with him, but he was my favorite character and he got me out of some tough situations, I should say. So that's where that came from. I... You know, I don't main Fox anymore now that they uh, dropped Steve from Minecraft. But uh, Jacob the Steve just doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> no, the Fox sounds way cooler. <laughs> for sure. I think everybody probably, every every young boy probably has like a great, you know, Super Smash Bros story. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, um, I'd like to read something from the Austin Daily Herald that wrote that what they wrote about you. Um, it says back in the fall of 2019 on a lonely stretch of highway on the 105 South in Mower County, photographer Jacob Schlichter captured the Milky Way in beautiful and stunning clarity. That picture is now on display at the Rochester International Airport. To take that picture, you use a Star Tracker app on your phone to find out when the Milky Way would be in the exact location and you used a regular 35 millimeter camera, no wide angle lens, a tripod and a remote shutter released to capture. Talk to me about your interest in astrophotography. Well, that stems back to my childhood, honestly. I've always loved astronomy, used to want to be an astronomer, and I realized I couldn't really pay bills doing that too much. So it just kind of (laughs) stayed a hobby. And then during high school, I got into photography a lot. That originally started with me uh, using my GoPros and action cameras to record my snowmobiling videos and archery and just gun videos, driving around, all that jazz. And then it evolved more into taking photos, lifestyle photos, uh, photos of people at the skate park to concert festivals, all that jazz. And then eventually I kind of got the equipment that allowed me to start taking some really good low light shots which then led to nighttime astrophotos. And once I realized I could actually get some really good, clear photos of the Milky Way and even things like the Andromeda Galaxy, if I really wanted to put some effort into it, I realized that, hey, you know, maybe maybe the location I'm living in is actually uh, pretty decent for lining up some... some li- uh, how do I word this? just lining up some good foreground elements with the Milky Way and, you know, using those leading lines to really draw people into the photo itself. As you can see with that uh, photo that you just read about, and then the other one that was also accepted, which was the uh, sunflowers in starlight, which was another astro photo paired with a light painting. So that hobby has been just a love of mine for my entire life. I used to be in like science Olympiad. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Basically, you know, there's a bunch of teams from a bunch of high schools that come and compete in scientific events. And one is astronomy. And I was in that like every year back to back. And yeah, it's just been a lifelong passion of mine. So that's awesome. So like this started as a passion when you were young and then 
explored an entire career and, and much of a life and then kind of came like circled back. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly didn't think I'd be here getting photos displayed, getting offered gallery exhibitions, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of cool to like look back at that journey and see where just a little interest developed into an actual like hobby and profession. And I don't know, I'm just really grateful for all the opportunities I've had. Yeah, no, that sounds incredible and and awesome like i i I love you know just scrolling through instagram and sometimes every now and then i I pop up and see a beautiful like photo or video from uh some of the guys that are like photographing space with like telescopic lenses and things like that but it seems like like you've been doing it um and it doesn't it doesn't i mean at least when you first started you weren't doing it with like the most expense because that's the one thing i think um a lot of people think themselves out of doing something because they feel like the the hurdles too high or the barriers too you know strong or you know they don't want to get started because they don't have the right equipment or they don't have the right experience or they don't know the right people but yeah it seems like you didn't let that stop you which is really cool i had a really unique upbringing you know as a minor i was actually living in my own home all throughout high school like no parents nothing don't ask how we pulled that one off legally. That was a mess. But uh, yeah, CPS was not happy. But uh, let's just say like during that time, I kind of just realized, you know, I, I no one's going to be there for you at the end of the day, but yourself. And with that realization is the acceptance that you truly are responsible for all your actions and reactions to things because you can't control everything in life, but you can control how you react. And with that comes hopefully obviously not to everyone, but a sense of determination to, you know, try to get to where you want to be in life and the understanding that it might not happen overnight, like you were talking about, and that, you know, you might be talking yourself out of it, but at the end of the day, you know, time's going to not stop. You know, you can be 10 years from now, not having followed and tried to achieve your goals and dreams and passions, or you can be 10 years from now still doing what you're doing. No shame in either of them, but if you want to look back at that time and realize that you could have been doing something more then you know nothing should stop you and to elaborate on that back in those days i was literally flipping hot tubs out of my house as a high schooler to buy my first camera wow <laughs> yeah like I, minnesota has the benefit of uh you know people don't winterize things right so when they don't mm-hmm. fix their hot tubs and drain all the water in the oh, winter pipes burst and people give all the hot tubs away you can pick them up for free put in a few parts and just flip them and make some dough. <laughs> wow. So that's you've been, you've been hustling since uh since way back. That's that's cool. I love hearing entrepreneurial stories like that cuz that's where it starts, you know. Realizing that you can do something to make your own money and start to carve out your own path in life. So and for sure when you when you when I speak to successful entrepreneurs and business owners there's always a fun story like that. That's what were you doing? What were you doing when you were like 15, 16? Like that, you know, because a lot of times that's that's when it starts. Like it's kind of in you, like it's a part of you. So it, it makes sense. Like if you go, if you start from there and then follow their track going forward. Yeah, of course they would make the decisions that they make and take the risks that they've taken because that's just the way their mind works to an, to an extent. They see, they see things differently, you know? For sure. Uh, the other thing I was doing, which might be worth noting just for anyone listening to this, was uh, I was making a decent amount of money off of Minecraft servers. Like, 
it started as just fun, but then I realized that, you know, if you actually run it like a business, you can make money off of video games. And I only say that because I know there's a lot of young people out there that you want to be like YouTubers and Instagrammers and social media influencers in general, or like famous gamers. And there are ways to mix all of that and still like actually like start a business young and like get that experience and make a name for yourself. And yeah, just be willing to have a really hard conversation with your parents when you try to tell them that, because <laughs> yeah, when you tell them you're making money off of video games, you know, my parents weren't too supportive at first, understandably. I mean, that that's a given, but yeah. you know, if you actually have a proper business plan and you can show people where the money's coming from, where it's going, how you're saving it, how you're investing it, that's always a great way to have a conversation. In hindsight, I blew a lot of the money and stupid stuff and uh, regrets, but it was a learning lesson and I took a lot away from all of that, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you don't always have like a fully thought out business plan before you start a venture. And a lot of times parents won't understand, <laughs> but um, they'll understand when those checks start rolling in. For know. sure. <laughs> At that point, they're like, oh yeah, believed in me the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, that's a huge one. And then just other people too, like it was kind of crazy then entering the cannabis space because, you know, that was still back in like 2016 and people, it still wasn't, you know, I come from Minnesota. Cannabis here, even around then was still considered a very taboo thing. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, considering the history of Minnesota being the grain belt and agricultural state, you know, we used to have hemp grown everywhere way back in the day as a legal crop. And, you know, a lot of the old farmers here, the good old boys, remember that. A lot of them actually even remember, you know, clearing out ditch weed from their farms and stuff. And life fact, don't ever smoke that stuff. It's uh, <laughs> disgusting. But, um, yeah, it's just... It lives up to its name, huh? <laughs> oh, it's worse. It's worse. I remember being a small boy and my dad and I going hunting once. And he's like, son, you know what this is? And I'm just like, no, why would you hit a pheasant yet? And he's like, that's not important. You know, check this out. It's ditch weed. I'm like, I don't even know what weed is at that point. I'm like, what's so important about it? And he's like, it's just a really funny plant. And I'm just like, okay, so then keep it. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't, you don't keep that. Someone probably planted that. And young me was like, not understanding anything about what he was trying to say. And I'm like, now I'm older. And then look back at that. And it's like, oh, someone probably actually intentionally grew that. Yes. <laughs> But it's just funny now because when you start a business in that industry too, just like what we were talking about, a lot of people kind of look at you differently and assume a lot of things about you. And yeah. a lot of those things are just kind of personal projections based on their own personal stigma with the plan. I'm sure you know that. Mm -hmm. But it's just really interesting how those opinions change once, like you just said, the checks start rolling in. And you start making a name for yourself and just running a business and people are like, you know what, maybe cannabis isn't all that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. All of a sudden. But what was so tell me about your um, like your transition or your starting point. Like what was the entry point for you? you said it was about 2016 when you started. Yeah. What so what was what was that like those early days or those first moments? So a little background about that, too, just to show you how stark of a transition this was is in high school i was actually very anti-cannabis mm -hmm. i know i shouldn't even say that but i was raised like that you know i had mm -hmm. people close friends and family members that were going down bad paths and drug addiction and i was just like you know what none of this can be good and then one day someone was like you know what jacob this might be helpful to you 
And then I did a lot of research and I realized that cannabis actually has the potential to be very medicinal when used responsibly. And I realized that I could actually replace like my ADHD medications with responsible cannabis use. And I say responsible for a reason yeah, because, a a, yeah, I did a lot of research into chemical addiction and substance abuse after one of my best friends passed away due to their addiction. And I used to try to educate people on TikTok for just substance abuse. And yeah, and that all started around then too in my social media presence and my education with that, because that was a core component in what got me into the cannabis space is the realization that the stigmas around it, in my personal belief, were almost leading a lot of people astray because I had friends that would be raised like me and taught it was bad. Mm -hmm. And then they'd try it. And then they'd be like, well, what else are my parents lying to me about? I should yeah. try this and this and this. And I'd just be like, whoa, whoa, hold up. Just slow down. Like, just chill. Yeah. <laughs> But like, you're, you might be right about cannabis. Maybe don't jump to the other stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was it was that and that culture of a lot of the educated people in the scene being just really chill and compassionate. And they're like, look, now that you have a grip on this and education surrounding this, you know, now you can like take that and use that knowledge to do some more good with it. And I've always had a passion for fashion mm -hmm. that rolled off the tongue so nicely. <laughs> yeah. But I was granted an opportunity back in 2016, 2017 to start a brand with some local people. Unfortunately, we don't talk about that brand because it ended on really, really dicey terms. And uh, But during that time, I really developed my skills as a designer. And I would be sending my designs to like the Tommy Chong team and Tommy himself. And I developed that relationship over a couple of years. And eventually those guys even hit me up and they're like, you know, maybe you want to do some work with us. They told me they hit me up awesome. like that because they liked the quality of my work. I was really making a name for myself with this old brand of mine. And then when that brand ended, I fully transitioned to working with Tommy and running their apparel side of things. And that's pretty much how that all started. It was a multi-year process. It was a lot of work, just endless work, you know. I wasn't taking many vacations, if any. I wasn't, you know, I was in the office pretty much all day, all night, um, weekends. Most of our trips, even to go to concerts or anything, were all just business too, because I'd be like working with the people who run the venue. We'd be vending at the venue. We'd be promoting our stuff, giving out stickers at the venue, which uh, in hindsight, you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> Some of the venue owners get mad. They're like, hey, your brand stickers are everywhere in the venue. You got to stop telling people to do that. And I'm just sitting here like, what people do with the sticker after they buy it from me is not my responsibility, but I'm yeah. sorry. I really am sorry. I get it. <laughs> but it's yeah. like people are going to do what people want to do. So yeah. it was just it was a really crazy come up. Mm -hmm. It required a lot of work, a lot of networking, a lot of reaching out. Mm -hmm. And it also just required really good um background info on both what people would want to wear the future and the direction of the industry and then the ability to even market yourself and actually like how do i word this sell yourself and sell your brand and ultimately that's why the brand ended because i realized the people i was with and running that brand with weren't gonna be able to take me past a certain point mm -hmm. they were happy where they were in life and i wasn't and they kept saying, stop striving for more. And I was like, well, you can't be my friend if you're telling me to, you know, cut out and quit my dreams. Yeah. Amongst other 
unspeakable things, but uh, it was just, it was a crazy time. And that's why I was really grateful when the Tommy team picked me up and we were able to move forward with that. And I would say that it was a really, really day and night switch because the Tommy team encouraged everything. Um, they went above and beyond. I know I, I just got to say, I mean, not to like melt the emotional aspect of it, but it was a really uh, emotional time in my life. My mother had incurable brain cancer at one point. She's fine wow. now. But in that moment, I literally thought my mother was going to die. And the Tommy team were all just like, yo, we can give you guys some medicine to maybe help out with that and just, you know, whatever. And it was that compassion that made me really realize the difference in some of my prior business relationships and clientele and et cetera to now. And I'm just like, wow, you know, there are a lot of really good people out there. Yeah, the way they say, don't meet your heroes, don't meet your favorite celebrity. But in that moment, I'm just like, wow, these these people are good people. And I find myself day in and day out now after reading all the news you read, finding that hard to even believe in a lot of people that make that much money and have that much uh, going on for them. You know, and I get it. You know, I'm not saying people who make a certain dollar amount are like unempathetic, but I get people are almost so busy that it's hard to have compassion for other people that aren't immediately working with you or doing something with you so yeah it was just really crazy <laughs> what was it uh what was it like working with tommy did it give you um feedback or what was um uh, super was chill pretty hands-on yeah like hands he's or... how do i word this so it was originally his business manager me tommy his son and then a couple other people and they those guys would give me some ideas or desires or some critiques on my designs and everyone was a breeze to work with, but eventually they kind of just said, you know what, you're the professional, you're the expert, you can just have free reign of everything. And Tommy will just give you the final yes or no if he likes it. And that was really cool to have that ability and like earn that respect. But in terms of like how hands-on they were, it was kind of funny because Tommy's like mid eighties, right? I'm mid twenties and that those generational differences do translate into some funny design differences <laughs> so like with that like leaf bucket hat for instance i could never get that pushed through with tommy's brand because i think it might have just been too loud you know mm -hmm. and obviously not like literally loud but you know just a very flashy yeah. design <laughs> so it was just stuff like that and they had a lot of like logo marks and text art that they used and i was trying to like push for some more graphic designs and then they also had some really cool graphic designs that we uh, pumped out in some shirts and hoodies. And yeah, they, a lot of their push though was to keep things kind of relevant with the news. So like one of our number one selling hats was the keep America stoned hat. Mm -hmm. And it really taught me a lot about just our culture because people would think only a certain demographic of person would buy that. But it was funny because the number one places we were selling that hat were the deep South, but also like super like, democratic and liberal cities new york la and i'm just sitting here like if only everyone realized this because we just have that much in common you know like that unlikely bond of the love of cannabis or bringing people from what you would presume to be very opposite ends of the spectrum together and i just i thought that was awesome but yeah the thing about cannabis man the way that it connects people for real mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so you mentioned the hat. Um, talk to me about the the beanie collection. 
that you created? Oh, geez. The beanie collection is, that was a lot of work. So remember how I said it took us a couple of years of solid work just to like get that position working with Tommy. Mm -hmm. It's funny to think about that because then it still took another couple of years before we even got one design out the door and ready to sell. Wow. And those beanies were some of the first designs. And it was an obvious thing for me knowing Tommy's uh, heritage coming out of Canada and, you know, me being in Minnesota. So we needed a good old toke, as he calls them. And yeah, it just, my favorite one was that potted plant one. And then the, uh, the two blunt beanie. I don't know if you saw that one, the green uh, cuff ribbed. And yeah, the, the process behind those was basically how can I make something that would maybe catch someone's eye in passing without being too loud? You know, gotcha. nothing against anyone else, but I don't necessarily like having a bunch of weed leaves on everything yeah. if it's super obvious, right. because I still want to be able to like, and maybe my family might cringe at this one, but I'd love to be able to go to a meeting and then like my family Christmas and then still be able to wear the same outfit and not have people look at it and be like, you know what, maybe that doesn't fit here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the niche I was trying to hit with that is a more professional stoner vibe, if that even makes sense. I know that might sound like a a, a really a big contradiction. Subtle. Yeah. So that's that's where I was going. I know I kind of missed the mark with the two blunt beanie. That one's obviously in your face, but I tried to give it a little depth and make it a little bit something that you probably have never seen before because I don't see many marrow patches kind of break their own borders like that if that makes sense. But yeah. And then some of the other beanies are just a lot more basic. Like the Nug beanie is just me using a woven label and a little icon of a weed Nug on it just for people who might want something a little bit more blatant. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta kind of like go on either side of the spectrum. Exactly. You got to hit all the marks really... Uh, find something for everyone, make something for everyone. And I, <laughs> that's so hard. Like I could not even <laughs> stress that. I have a, a pretty large focus group of people I send my designs to before they like get anywhere in terms of production, before I even start sewing stuff. And it's really, really common for me to like present my group of people, like maybe six different designs and then have the group of people split evenly voted between all six. Hmm. And then I'm just left here like, okay. That didn't help at all. <laughs> didn't, not at all. So it's back to square one. Yeah, seriously. And then it's like, it's either just do I refine one of these or define, uh, redefine all of them and uh, refine them into a way that maybe combines all their elements into one. Do I keep them all separate? I mean, the whole, the process itself is, it can be very long. So some of these designs, like my leaf hat here that's sitting to my side here is, uh, that took years and you know, it's crazy to think about that because originally I thought it might be impossible. I actually find myself saying that a lot about some of the work I do is there's no way I can pull this off. There's no way I can make it work. And then I keep chucking away at it and uh, I find myself actually pulling it off. And mm. hopefully I can motivate someone that listens to this because you might be doubting yourself. And at the end of the day, you might realize you are your worst, your own worst enemy. Mm. And then you also have to realize you also might be your number one cheerleader if you can really drive home that motivating factor for you and figure out what that is. Because, yeah, like 
I don't know. Like, I'm just happy about this. This thing, it, as simple as it looks, it's 140 different hand applied leaves, and the leaves are all designed by me. They're all woven labels, all that stuff, laser cut, even just so they have the nice edges. And I mean, it's just crazy because yeah, I, I've had people be like, oh, that's such a simple hat. I can go get a hot glue gun too. It's like, well, if it's so simple, one, I'm glad I can make all that work look easy. That's a compliment. But two, weird how no one else has done it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, hopefully people listening, you know, they appreciate the time and effort and craft that it takes to come out with some of this stuff. I mean, you're, uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard you say anything that, you know, took less than a year to bring to market. And it, it really does take that much, you know, time and dedication. And, you know, especially for our young people, um, just paying attention to some of the things that you use and wear um, and some things that you see out there and just like the people and the work and the resources that went behind bringing that to life. For real. Sometimes it's worth, it's worth a little bit of research. You know, if you see something you like, dig into it, find out who designed it and, you know, see if you might be able to read an article or, or watch a YouTube video or something to inform yourself a little bit more about the process because um, a lot of times the process goes underappreciated. Yeah. A lot from it. And don't ever be afraid to just reach out to people and ask questions too. There are so many people that are literal walking dictionaries and encyclopedias that are more than willing to help you. And, you know, like, I just, you know, how do they say this? It takes a village to raise a king type stuff. Like everyone around you has got something that you could learn about, that you could learn from. So, and especially in whatever craft you're going in, because like you just said, you know, all these designs took a long time, but I would... I wouldn't be here without all the people around me and the team of people I have. And, you know, I just, I look back at all that and the look, and I look forward to where I want to go. And I realize that, you know, none of this is just me. I mean, obviously I'm the person making this stuff happen, but like, gosh, I just, I just love my people, man. I got nothing but love for all those people. But dude, I just, I don't know. I just, how do I word this? Some of these designs might take a long time, but the other thing, and specifically in this industry of fashion, never be afraid to drop something if it's off season. Like I just released this bucket hat that's very yeah, summery that's a good, that's a good in design. the middle of winter. And the thing is, if it's a good design, people will buy it any time of the year. Mm. And that used to discourage me a lot because I was like, oh, I got to line up all these drops. And I just realized, you know what, if I can just focus on the artistry behind this stuff, yeah, that shouldn't matter. And now that's just the case. And it's really interesting to see all the people like rally around some of these designs and help me. Like this design is so hot to some people that I have other companies like saying, Hey, we'll help market this for you. And I'm just like, cool. Thanks. I didn't expect you to want to use your resources to help me, but yeah, I'm not going to say no. So, right. so yeah, just, if anyone is listening to this, that is maybe a little down in themselves or a little, off time with a seasonal drop, keep at it. You'll get there. And it doesn't even matter if something's been done before because it hasn't been done by you. Facts. So um, like listening to, like we started off talking with your personal passion um, for astrophotography and then getting into some of the work that you've done with the Tommy Chong brand. I'm wondering if there's ever any overlap or like have you had the opportunity to 
um, take inspiration from the cosmos a little bit and apply it to some of your design? Ooh, okay. Good question. I actually have some designs coming out that kind of play into this a little bit. Um, I'll drop a little bit. So uh, here, I uh, I have kind of like a round top bucket hat coming out with a, it's going to be reversible. It's going to have like a nice leather border edge strip on it just to give it a little bit more class, kind of make it similar to the higher end luxe fashion brands. But the interior lining is a handmade recreation of Starry Night that I'll be printing into wow. some fabric. So I, I remade that entire artwork in a way that makes it a repeatable pattern so you can actually use it on fabric. So, and I mean like every brushstroke was hand done. And if you know anything about how he did his work, yep. it's a lot of brushstrokes. Yeah, yeah, short, short, short brushstrokes. So, I am working on trying to combine that. And then I will say most of my brand is inspired by nature. I'm really trying to like combine nature into the apparel world. And I don't know, like, I just want to be able to wear the stars, wear the trees. I mean, I know it sounds like a hippie concept, but that's what drives me. You know, one of my favorite designs is a shirt that I remade with like water on it, like the pattern of water that you'd see in like an animated show. And I made that a repeating pattern perfectly looped it, put it on a shirt, stuff like that. But onto the astro aspect, I, uh, I'm i working on a mohair beanie as well right now. And if you sew it right and layer the, the fabrics just right, you can actually, uh, I don't know if I should say all this because I might just be uh, giving away little trade secrets, but uh, you can actually brush the fabric and actually go from like a color blocked look to like actually having the fibers blend into each other like a nice gradient so i'm doing that to emulate the night sky like the setting sun in the sky yeah. if that makes sense i know i'm saying a lot no i can i can see it i can see it but yeah so i'm trying to i guess you could almost say i'm trying to make people into a walking canvas in a way mm -hmm. that's awesome but thank you yeah i and i'll make sure you get one too when they come out absolutely i would love that and this is this is all done under your personal brand with the uh, with slick yep yep some of my clients are down for this. I'm developing some new stuff for a few of my clients with some higher end stuff, but I usually kind of keep this to my personal brand because it's kind of, it's really hard to find people that are like in the exact same niche as I am that would also want that for an actual brand mm -hmm. because the one, because it might not fit their brand exactly, but two, if I can get it to fit their brand, the other aspect is, is it affordable enough? For them to be able to sell it to their customers or give away to their like employees or whatever because that's like the two biggest aspects of when i do like wholesale designing for other people is are they selling it or are they giving it away and then i got to meet their price point and things just don't always work out that doesn't mean the design is off the books usually it's just tabled for a while until they get the funds but if you are hearing this and you have something in mind, please do hit me up. I'm always down to down to work something out with you because that's just what I love doing, you know? So I, I'm, I won't be too disappointed if something doesn't work out, but I just want to see where we can bring an idea and if we can make it into a reality because some of these concepts yeah. are crazy. Like mm -hmm. I have some clients that come to me with, there's no other way to say it, an impossible task and... <laughs> They hit me with the, what well, we need it in like two weeks. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, full, first of all, first of all, 
give me at least two months. <laughs> Second of all, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> because that's such a repeated thing in my industry is those deadlines. But once, you, once the client works that out with me and we get that under wraps, we can start working on some cool stuff. Like, how do I word this? I I did a really cool design recently for Minnesota Marijuana, for instance. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that group. They're a large marijuana advocacy group in Minnesota. They host a lot of events. I actually volunteered to work with them several times throughout the year to like help register people to vote even. Nice. So I actually went out of my way to design these dudes a hat that mixed a few fabrics. Uh, the crown was hemp. The bills suede. The back straps leather. Uh, nice brass eyelets and brass hardware for the buckle. And it's just stuff like that. You know, normally that would take a good while. They gave me the rain to do it on my own terms. I'm very patient because sourcing hemp fabric can be pretty hard unless you have someone that actually makes it for you. Yeah. And yeah, I was just trying to hit a niche that really hasn't been touched upon with some nice hemp headwear. And I put like a five color embroidery on the front, which in itself is really hard when it's like literally a six inch embroidery on your forehead with a bunch of little details which you know mike if you hear this uh why do you got to do me like that man that's <laughs> so extra but it looked really good and it was really cool and really well received and people really appreciated being able to feel the way the hemp was knit and have a nice contrast with the nice smoothness of the suede and the bill if that makes sense mm -hmm. uh, and it's just stuff like that trying to work out textures and the contrast with those and how they play with light and everything, which obviously not all my clients care about that. And not every brand does care about that. Some brands are all about slapping a logo on something and calling it a day. But if you can really bring the artistry into everything you do, you as an artist will probably feel a little bit more fulfilled, even if it is a job, because I'm sure you know how it is. If you turn a passion into a job, suddenly it's what pays your bills. And that gives you a lot more stress and takes away from the overall joy of mm -hmm. actually doing it. Yeah. So finding that balance has always been a, a struggle. And hopefully someone listening to this might find some methods to ease that struggle. So I'm I'm also I'm also thinking like as I'm listening to you, so we're, we're hitting on some hot topics. I love fashion, love cannabis. Um I also love technology. And so I, I have to ask, like, where do you see um, or do you see, you know, technology playing its part with, uh, with what you're doing with fashion and cannabis when, you know, people talk about web three technology or NFTs or, um, anything in that, in that realm or, Oh God, there's so many ways I could take that dude. Okay. So like, for instance, <laughs> right off the bat, like if you buy some Lux goods right now, they'll even have like NFC chips in them that will identify them as like a Ferragamo wallet or a Gucci wallet. So you're already seeing it a little bit. And then you see it in other ways where you have like sound reactive light up shirts and ties or even hats that have like um, moving lights and stuff on them. But then you bring up like actual proper web tech and that's going to be crazy because you can touch that slightly where people are putting QR codes on clothing and stuff. Now I have a lot of customers that have me uh, do like a woven QR code, but I'm trying to, I recently made a hat. I, are you familiar with uh, Euro rack or modular synthesizers? and stuff like that i've been trying to develop a hat that plugs into your synthesizer and you can use it as an actual synth module to create music with and 
Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's it's a stupid amount of work right now. But we've got some prototypes made and the direction is there. It's just finding the right direction to actually make the module. Like, what do I want it to do? Do I just want it to be a filter? You know, whatever. Mm. High pass, low pass. That'd be the easiest way to go about it until I develop an actual way to make maybe make a patch bay into your forehead so you can actually start plugging in the patch cables and modulating that. But that's the direction I'm kind of going with right now in terms of like getting into web three or maybe even like doing like NFTs or stuff yeah, with like merch. Because then you're you're starting to incorporate music, which is a whole nother level of creativity. For real. And I really just, I want to incorporate play into like some of the stuff I do, if that makes sense. Like Absolutely. I want, I want people to like release their inner child when they're like wear my apparel or looking at my site and really kind of just feel that youthful connection because I mean, I truly deep down feel like once you let that part of yourself die, you're you're probably not enjoying life too much. Not to like assume people's positions, but a world without play it's would a be fair, a very it's a fair assumption. Yeah, dude, for real. And yeah, I don't know. I would, I have uh, talked with some of my clients about like maybe doing like NFT style merch drops, like where if you buy this NFT, you'll get this piece of apparel. Or you'll maybe get like a permanent discount code at the store if you're the holder of the NFT, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I would love to incorporate more of like NFC chips, not NFT, but like the actual near field yeah. uh, chip mm -hmm. and maybe make it so that like you could like have your uh, QR code that maybe links to your business website in your sleeve or something. So you always have like a business card per se on you. Or maybe if you lose a hat or something, you can always have it scanned and it will pop up with your name and address. Something simple like that. Yeah. I have other designs that I'm kind of, I can't really speak about because my clients would get really mad that I just dropped some info that someone might steal from us. Yeah. But we might have to circle back around and talk about those at a later date because there are some things I'm working on with uh, with like Hennessy Sound Systems, for instance, HSD Sound Systems. Uh, it, they are... Uh, a really cool uh, event sound system uh, maker, supplier. I'm not really sure what the right word is, but they have hit me up with some really unique request for apparel that's both fashionable, but functional for the production crew for like events at your favorite festival or whatever. And hopefully with that, we can drop some stuff that hasn't ever been seen before and will actually like help a whole decent group of people in an entirely different field that I'm not even familiar with, which yeah. is the production crew aspect. But I'm sorry. I know I can't answer your question too much because I can't talk about it, but I'll, I'll right, keep we'll, we'll you. We'll have in... to wait and see. We'll yeah, man. I'll keep you in the loop for sure. So what's, what's the best way for our, anyone that's listening to keep up with, with you or the projects that you're working on? Or... Um, follow me on Insta. Uh, my brand is at Get Slicks or at Jacob the Fox for me personally. My website, jacobthefox.com, getslicks.com. Everything's on those. Um, and if you want to work with me too, you can contact me. I almost always give out people my personal email and personal number as long as you're not like abusing it. Mm -hmm. So please don't sign me up for something silly like uh, cat facts every day or something, you know, like <laughs> I miss me with that. But I am always open to cold calls and cold emails. And if people always have any sort of questions for me too, I'm always trying to help people if I can, where I can. So yeah. Super dope. Well, I can I can truly say that it's been a pleasure having you on Design This, Jacob. And 
uh, thank you for sharing your stories and all of your inspiration and the really cool creative projects that you've done and that you're working on. It's all super exciting. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. It was great to be here. It was great meeting you. And hopefully we can do this again sometime. Absolutely. Until then, you can download episodes of Design This, Beyond the Die Line. Look for all of our episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Until next time, always think beyond the die line. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.